Hello, listener, and welcome to Into the Characterverse podcast. There's a podcast dedicated to providing deep dives, impressions, and reviews for specific characters out of your favorite comic books. My name is Mike, and I'm joined by... Charlie. And... Audrey. And this week, we are going to break it up a little bit. We're going to do our impressions and reviews at the beginning with the three, uh, Audrey, Charlie, and myself. And then afterwards, we're going to do a deep dive with Kane, but no Charlie, because our scheduling did not work out quite right. So... (laughs) It's creative scheduling. It's really, you know, flexible, on the fly, <laughs> bendable. Here's the thing. We could have pushed this recording to next week. No. But that makes it harder not. for Mike. And Mike does not want to do that. No, so. we, we, we're trying to, you know, get more. We're trying to stay ahead this right. time. Yeah. Keep <laughs> our keep our reserves in the bank. Yeah, exactly. It's been fantastic the last two weeks. I have, like, the weekend before I have to release it, I can have it fully edited and listen to mm-hmm. it before. I feel like you're, you're more calm you're more like oh, yeah. relaxed it's it's really good. Thing. it's really nice here's the thing not having to re- like edit a two-hour podcast the day before it's released wow fantastic yeah. surprise if we were smart we would just knock out you right. know, three at a yeah, row three like, and just right. say like all right we're good to go for a while right yeah. yeah well it's just hard with the comics so like yeah, yeah. maybe maybe we'll start and well and we were doing what ifs so mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. all right we'll figure it out yeah we'll be good mm-hmm. so now that we have our banter done uh, <laughs> banter, 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 banter. Uh, so let's uh, let's get into it a little bit here. So we had the uh, 2004 Nightcrawler 12 issue miniseries, and this was actually I didn't even look at who it was written by. Wow, big fan. The writer was Roberto Aguirre Sascasa. I definitely butchered that. Uh, penciler was Derek Robertson. Inker was Wayne Foucher, and colorist was Avalon Studios. And I think I think it did switch up every once in a while. It was kind of uh, it, there was a rotating cast a little bit. I know yeah. I noticed that the art style changed a little bit here and there. Not uh, crazy though. It wasn't jarring. Yeah, no, you know? yeah. The, there's only one jarring uh, frame out of all of them, and that was for Kurt's birthday. Did the you, smiles. Did you notice yes. that? <laughs> that was yeah. And I specifically was zooming in at those. Like what? 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 Right. <laughs> it, it took me. It took me a little bit to figure out who everyone was too. Yeah. Like yeah. it wasn't obvious no, no it was very they looked like pla- like melted plastic dolls of those characters it and looked like characters yeah <laughs> it almost felt like they were in like arcade world or something it was like weird. that it was so weird well and also it was weird because that specific scene none of these like a, half of these characters hadn't been referenced at all in this miniseries no. so it's just like i don't know why this person's here like yeah they're at the mansion i guess birthday so we're kind of talking about it now. We're going to do an in-depth um, like comic-by-comic comic review with Kane, and mm-hmm. uh, we'll, we'll get that after this one. But uh, let's uh, let's get some initial impressions. Let's start off with you, Audrey. How do you feel about this? Oh, my God. Overall, I loved it. I loved the story. I liked um, the elements that they played with some of the arcs. Like uh, You're just of- a liar. You just liked what? all the shirtless pics oh, okay. of Nightcrawler okay. in this comic, and I thought about that when I watched it. Oh my god, Charlie is developing a female gaze. <laughs> I love that. Wow. <laughs> um, I just want to call you out. <laughs> you're not incorrect. <laughs> um, this was great. <laughs> so I liked all the occult. I liked all the you know, fun references they had in there and, like, how kind of fucked up the stories were. I felt like the last five issues, the pacing was weird and it was just a little, like, eh. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it they wrapped strong, it up. Though. They mm-hmm. they wrapped it up nicely. Yes. I liked all the demons. We got so many, like, fan service. 
<laughs> yes. shots of of Kurt. Wow, what a what a gift. The <laughs> one that dream. killed me was when he was when in he the was shower. Showered. Yeah, <laughs> with uh, Aurora. Yes. <laughs> yep. That killed me. I was. And he yeah, grabbed the okay. towel with his tail. Oh my god. <laughs> I suppose this is for me. No, it's for the other person taking a shower in here. <laughs> and then you also get a, a good one when he's uh, with Night Nurse as well. Oh uh, yeah. yes. Yeah. Another shower scene with Kurt. I yep. like that the romance wasn't super central though. Like it, I it mean, was some a little... of the later ones, it was kind of weaving, woven in, but it's yeah. not yeah. like that is the focus of the story. No, it was just mm-hmm. a fun little like through line weaved throughout. Yeah. And mm-hmm. she was pretty cool. Like, she wasn't, she was barely a character, but what they yeah. showed of her was fine. Yeah. Wasn't she from, isn't, isn't the, Christine Palmer from Doctor Strange? Or wasn't that in the movie? Or So, uh, Christine Palmer is played by, I believe, Rosario Dawson in the Marvel um, Netflix shows. Oh, okay. Like, with Daredevil, Luke Cage, and everything like that. Sure. I believe that's supposed to be Night Nurse, because Night Nurse was, a, you know, a nurse. Yeah. Um, and... Night Nurse has been kind of a reoccurring character in a lot of comics for a while. I know she at one point she also joins uh, Shield, so mm-hmm. okay, okay. Right. I, I, she's just kind of in the superhero world, but not a superhero. So okay. I love that. Yeah, it's cool. She she, she manages not like to the, die for a while. I don't yeah. know if she dies, but I know for a while she lives. So. R- reminds me of the taxi driver from. Uh, Deadpool. Oh, he's, he's just <laughs> oh, yeah. around. He's just always kind of like <laughs> one of my favorite characters. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. How about you, Charlie? What'd you got? Um, I would rate it. Oh, should I rate it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. yeah sorry. Uh, I would say five out of five stars. Okay. Uh, maybe I'd take off a half, like four and a half, just for the the weird slog kind of towards the end. But yeah. That's yeah. It. I, I think I would go with a 4.5 out of five. Um, I did like the story as a whole. Um, I thought they could have connected a little bit more, like mm-hmm. between the, like the three different events. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought they could have connected it a little bit better, or you know, made it a little more cohesive. Not cohesive because they all were good arcs, but they could have tied them in a little bit more and kind of, uh, you know, I don't know, wrapped up the loose ends a little bit better. So other than that, Mephisto yeah. just saying these are all tied together. Yeah. So I thought <laughs> mm-hmm. that could have been a little bit better, or they could have bled into each other a little bit mm-hmm. more. Yeah. Like the clue Maybe. from the last one leads to yeah. yes. the next one. Yeah, like, like and I end feel on like, a little bit of a cliffhanger and then mm-hmm. resolve it in the next issue. Yeah, like because it, it could have been really easy to like at the end of the first arc be like, oh, there's been reports of ghosts after this occult thing happened, yep. like or something like that, and it would have been really easy to just yeah. tie them together like that. But instead, there's a jump. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree 100. percent And I and I would say that's being real nitpicky. Yeah, because overall, I thoroughly enjoyed these i thought really good character development by kurt you kind of saw romantic interest you saw he he had some internal struggles with different romantic characters and and how he feels about them and i i also think you saw him step up as a leader maybe not a leader amongst a large group but definitely a leader you know him being independent and having to make choices and having to suss things out i yeah. thought that was really important and really good growth and development and it told a good story and you got a little bit of his backstory when they traveled to um to germany and then to florida so those were all really really interesting as well yeah what about you mike yeah i would probably give it uh, a four or five as well it does slog a little bit at the end there like audrey mm-hmm. mentioned everything charlie just mentioned as well um i did find the ghost story arc a little weak at times it was 
random. Yes, it was very random. Mm-hmm. And then it was <laughs> essentially resolved by the mayor acknowledged that these people were real. Yeah. Like, essentially, that's how it was resolved, which I mean, sure, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's a good thing, like, you know, paying attention to those who lost their lives in the mm-hmm. past that are often forgotten about and are actually the people that, like, built the mm-hmm. country that in which we stand. So mm-hmm. it, it's one of those where it's like, okay, you know, like I get the story and I get mm-hmm. the idea behind it. But it, yeah, it's a little random. And honestly, you could have fed in any superhero into this story and it would have yeah. worked just fine. So that, mm-hmm. that's really my biggest nitpick about it. Are you it. just talking about that one arc you could yeah, have fed that, anybody into? Yeah. yeah. Like Kurt works super well for the first arc mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. in general because of, you know, his blue skin. And like yep. he, he travels through hell and he has, you know, the re- previous relations with his stepsister and hell yeah, that's <laughs> limbo. so weird yeah it, it I, came up a lot <laughs> right i i did not feel about it I, like a foster uh, sister that's your ex-lover that uh, i just concerning and they, yeah and they mentioned their mom like their collective mom I, yeah I just i mean like if you I'm, yeah if you both call the same lady your mom yeah maybe, maybe that was the don't. weird part for me <laughs> yeah that that was where it got kind of like icky, okay sticky. yeah yeah yeah, and I, I again maybe I that's his flaw. <laughs> like, yeah, that, that's his big flaw yeah. for me. Another nitpick I had, and again, it was pretty small, was at the end of the third arc. I guess it was with uh, the the hive. Oh the, yeah, I forget the swarm. Yeah. What is it? it was the hive? Yeah, the hive. It was the hive. Yeah. yeah, but he had some name that Mephisto yeah. gave Hulsh- him. Halshoth or, or something like that. Yeah, yeah it was kind of strange. Halash. I I thought it it weakened. Kurt's suffering for killing his brother a little bit. Like, Kurt having to make that hard decision to kill his brother and his backstory was a, mm-hmm. essentially undercut 100% by it being like, oh, he his brother was actually overtaken by a demon instead, rather than, you know, dealing with the mental illness and all of that stuff. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. It well, was, they kind of left that ambiguous, though. Because well, he said, you know, yeah. Did we kill him or did you kill him? Or, you know, yeah. they kind of. Well, and I think they did, like, the demon did say, yeah, I killed him. Yeah. At one point, yeah. 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 but like, because he kind of plays that back and forth for a little bit. And yeah. then I think yeah. it's like a couple pages later that he goes, yeah, so what? I did. Yeah. So, yeah. so the hive just, like, says specifically that they did. I think Mephisto then brings it into question later a little bit. Yeah. I, like, I, re brings okay. it into Because Hive is denying it at first. And then. I just like, feel like you couldn't trust that character, too. I think I mean, that may have bled into it as yeah, well. That's of, like, the fact that I kind of. Fair. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And, and it's one of those things where, like, yeah, the hive kind of just got, like, super candid with them and just started, like, that, just spewing stuff about, like, the whole plan. And that was kind of where I knocked off most of my points is because it was just kind of like it was a, a tell don't show situation mm-hmm. which in comics like that it's a visual media like yeah. <laughs> please, <laughs> please show us please, please show, show us yeah. so but that, yeah. that was probably my biggest gripe against the the biggest thing but like overall i enjoyed it a lot like audrey read the whole thing in a day so yeah i yeah. mean like, it was it, an easy read it well, was not not in like a bad way but it was just it an easy fast. read because yeah. it was so good and mm-hmm. the artwork was so great yeah. and i really like the you know, you had the speech bubbles, but they did a really good job of spacing out his inner monologue with yes. these blue panels that mm-hmm. really kind of tied the story together. And they were very telling, like, inner monologues without being novels. Yes. yes. So that that yes. was the bonus, because as much as I like Claremont as a writer, he just, those internal monologues are just massive They're sometimes. They're terrible, honestly. You get, oh you get so much information about the characters in those comics, but they are a slog to read sometimes. So this this was good in that, like, you know what the 
person is feeling what they're trying to like p- yeah. convey without just info dumping on right you. Yeah. In, so. in like three or four words yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah I, I think the longest one is like two a sentences sentence. yeah. yeah like and and usually that's like him telling a story and mm-hmm. that's the only thing on that panel is like him brooding or something like that mm-hmm. like, well they interject all these different panels of artwork that really yes. they were just cool to look at sometimes they're impactful but most of the time they were just really enjoyable to take a look at yeah mm-hmm. so and they do do a pretty decent recap of his life too at one oh, point, yeah. which yes. I was honestly surprised. Like you can get a lot of information of his like surface level backstory from this arc. Yeah, and mm-hmm. they didn't put anything crazy in there. No, it was it it fed along to everything that we know about Kurt. Yeah, mm-hmm. and maybe it's because we just finished Excalibur, but there was kind of a sweet moment with. Them oh, that all. was nice. The one panel where they showed like Excalibur, like he's um he's been poisoned and he's like going through his he's basically watching his life flash before his eyes and there's like one little panel with the excalibur yeah. group and i was like oh <laughs> yeah which it was really nice you and- evil demons <laughs> like- do you not know how many issues i read mm-hmm. <laughs> right we, we we went through 10 years of the comics <laughs> of you guys so yeah but yeah uh, overall 4.5 I oh, think yeah. I think like we Great round run. up like four seven five between us. We'll mm-hmm. see. Uh, we'll see what Kane has to say about it when we we do the in depth. Oh, I'm very interested. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, me too. I, I would suggest it to anybody. I mean, yeah. truly, I, I yeah. think if you're looking for a, a cool, quick read about Nightcrawler, this is a, a really good place to start. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. All right. I think that's all we have for uh, this segment this week. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. We'll pick up in just a little bit with. Uh, with the review with Kane. My apologies, uh, listener, on the scheduling. Uh, He's got to go be work, a government show. Yeah, work, <laughs> work, work doth call. <laughs> and, uh, well, you just won't have to hear my terrible Avatar jokes, Aww. I guess. So, I mean, you'll have to uh, wait another week. I'll, I'll oh, no. Pick up that yeah. weird purple torch. I'm so sorry. <laughs> this one was almost too easy, though. He's a blue person. Yeah, oh, and, I know. And, it's always really yeah. easy with Nightcrawler. He's got yeah. a tail. I know. <laughs> that he uses. I need a challenge. <laughs> All right. Um. And we're back, listener. Thank you for sticking with us here. And I have returned this time with Audrey, joined by our guest, Kane. Kane, my little sugar Kane. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, did you miss me? Yes. <laughs> Probably not. Yes. Very much so. All the time. So, uh, we are going to do the actual in depth, like, recap and review of everything now. Uh, Charlie's already given his thoughts, so we've now kicked him off the show for the rest of the week. That government shill. That government shill. <laughs> As you probably just heard, we're doing the 2004 Nightcrawler 12-issue limited series. Um, and let, let's just uh, let's get Kane's first initial impressions on it, and then we can, we can jump in. So, Kane, have, had you read this before, and how did you feel about it after reading it? I had not read it before, um, but it was one of those things where, at first, I forgot that you know it the stuff is all tied together in the end especially when it went from um the 14 demons bit to suddenly oh ghosts on the railroad and it's like oh yeah no it all it all ties together in the end i promise You're right. but um it was just one of those things where like reading it at first it's like okay there's this happening and i i'm gonna be honest with you i clearly went into it also with a lot of 
preconceived notions of other shows and such mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. like the lovely nurse I'm gonna be honest in my notes I wrote it down as hello nurse uh, hello nurse <laughs> uh, hell yeah. That's exactly. Every time I saw her throughout the entire series, I just kept calling her that. (laughs) Auto correcting. That's like her character name almost, like the night nurse, right? Isn't that what she's called? Yeah, night nurse. uh, It's one of those things where it's like, oh yeah, clearly this is what's going to happen. She must obviously be like a succubus, or this must be going on, or this must be happening. It's like, no, no, it's a lot. It's a lot less extravagant than i thought (laughs) oh that's so funny um i appreciate that your brain did the same thing that mine did and was like oh like making all these other little plots happen like the ghosts are gonna come back into it at some point like yeah i feel like i kept i kept doing that too (laughs) and then the answer was like a little bit lackluster because of my brain i had made these weird (laughs) convoluted plots right right no, I kind of did yeah, the same thing like, as well. So, yeah, I, I feel you on that where it's just like, oh, two separate stories kind of t- tied together. They're like... But then at the end, briefly, like tied together. They they both do have Nightcrawler in them. That <laughs> is the common Yes. <laughs> Let's go ahead and uh, jump into this. Uh, mm-hmm. Feel free to interject whenever you'd like. So we start off with a orphanage i'm guessing that's kind of what it seemed like it's like a mental hospital for children for children specifically yes uh and we have a guard that decides to take break which he never does apparently apparently (laughs) and when he returns from his break uh there are 12 dead children 13 i'm sorry you're right 13 dead children Mm -hmm. with one living one standing in or sitting in the center of the room we uh, cut over to Storm and Nightcrawler talking, and we got some Nightcrawler Storm like kind of romancy vibes. It's it's just their chemistry. I think yeah. you get to see it a little, which is nice. Like they have good chemistry, but it does border that line of like, are they flirting or or not? Like, yeah, exactly. It's it's cheeky. I I was too distracted by Logan and Summer's fighting oh. in the background. <laughs> I love that. To really pick up on the, like, romance vibe going on. Doesn't yeah. he smack something off his face? I, I believe so, yeah. Like, there, there, yeah. there's a lot of stuff going yeah. on in the background there. But they are giving Nightcrawler the assignment to essentially go figure out what happened here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not entirely sure why they're just, like, only Nightcrawler. They were and- like, maybe you teleport, so maybe have Teleport Man. Yeah. Take a look. Well, and that's the thing. Is See, like- I... Uh- go ahead. First, I thought it might have been like, although he didn't speak much, maybe um, the small child, Seth, like, mentioned, oh yeah, it's, you know, there was a spooky demon boogeyman thing. It's like, ah, yes. Well, obviously, the best thing to do is going to be send the spooky demon boogeyman thing to Mm -hmm. go investigate, but... Yeah, it, <laughs> even at one point, it's like, why me? Like, <laughs> like it, in those first couple issues, it or first couple panels, even. But yeah, it it was it was a little uh, forced as to just like, oh, Nightcrawler is our spooky boy, so this is what we're going to do. But it works out. So Nightcrawler goes to the hospital and sp- like almost speaks with the guard, and the guard yeah. seems kind of confused and 
they have a a good it, the conversation's definitely like leading to a place with answers is what yeah. it seems like and then of course they get interrupted by Dr. Childs. Yes. And the guard gets promptly taken away and then Nightcrawler wants to speak with the child. So they go talk to the child and uh child is scared of Nightcrawler uh, which I mean yeah that, that that's not an uncommon thread through a lot of these. He, he, if you're not expecting it, I could see that being very startling. But Nightcrawler bamps to the, the roof and finds some footprints, chases after them, and it leads to a building. It is the Dakota Club, I believe it's called. The Dakota Building, I'm sorry. And there's a bunch of like rich people on the inside having a little soiree. It's, the, it's very like... Right, exactly. Like the security smitten. guard shows oh, up God. outside and yeah. starts like yelling at him, like I, you know, I took the money and blah 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 and all this other stuff. And then he just bursts into flames. Uh, yeah, as starts, one does. As one does. And Nightcrawler uh, teleports him to the river, and the the guy does not go out at all. He continues to burn even underwater. Nightcrawler, kind of knowing that he's going to get engulfed in flames as well, just kind of lets go. And the guy just sinks to the bottom of the water, like, just burning up. So, well, yeah, and the guy, like, pushes I thought him the away. Thing, yeah. Yeah, the, I the thought guy the pushes big thing him was away. that he, he pushed He it. can tell yeah. that, you know, if they, if they continue to have contact, they'll both die. Yeah. So, like, his last act is a heroic one. Yeah. Yeah, because Bernie's kind of a weird, like, morally gray character. Yeah. Where the first, like, real conversation we have with him is him, like, talking about how he knew that Kurt was once a holy man and seeking forgiveness from him. And then, like, his last act is something of self-sacrifice, but at the same time, he, like, walked away so that something could happen to the children. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's but, what he got the payout for. Yeah. And then he starts making of, waves. It's kind of silly. Like, why would he have to leave for any of that to happen? Plausible deniability? I guess. He, can't, he won't see the demons being, like, released and stuff like that then? Oh, I suppose. Because, like, I, I, like, even if you took some money, if you saw, like, demon, like, and also it would be hard to just watch children be slaughtered. Sure, yeah. Like... Like normal people. Yeah, exactly. Normal people would <laughs> normal have a hard time reaction. watching a bunch of children get killed. For sure, for sure. <laughs> so, uh, listeners, feel free to rate in our Facebook group. Would you feel? <laughs> no. I'll, I'll make How it a poll. How would you feel about uh, children exploding in front of you? <laughs> It'll just be child murder, yes or no, question mark. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll be great. This this will go over wonderful. <laughs> so, Speaking of Bernie and my immense, like, confusion of him mm -hmm. also the man in his incredibly tight work schedule like has the man <laughs> never had a kidney stone right, right. he's never taken how is it that something as simple as a five minute bathroom break is something that's like noteworthy that you would even report it to the police right. and he'd be like ah yes yes no this man no never strays except for this one time it's like, he had to fucking pee <laughs> well and i wonder if like he had scheduled breaks yeah so but, like even maybe. so but like sometimes you just gotta go right exactly that's the thing is like he must have like the most consistent lunch schedule ever that just like never does anything with he his wears, stomach he, like he wears diapers he wear, yeah he just he, wears, he wears, diapers wears diapers all the time 
I, and that's the thing is like it's a it's a locked room like you don't expect anything to happen to the children stepping away for a minute shouldn't be a big deal like that i don't know yeah. i don't have children so <laughs> i i was I also mean... a little confused by the timeline the first time i read this because it kind of felt like immediately after the security guard left nightcrawler went with night nurse to go talk to the the, the young boy that mm-hmm. lived uh we'll, we'll get to him in a minute here but Nightcrawler like bamps away immediately and then chases after these footprints and gets there right as the security guard who just left mm-hmm. the other building also gets there by foot. Yeah, I... and then well, Doctor Childs is already there. That it's because my understanding was Doctor Childs was driving him home. Oh, okay, uh, oh. he had said, "Come with me, I'm going to escort you," and like that's when he paid him off. But Doctor Childs managed to drive Bernie home pay him off, drive himself home, and get into a full swing purdy yes. by the time Kurt Banff following those footprints. I mean... That, that yeah. is yeah, just... It, I chose... In my brain, I was like, I can't care about this. <laughs> I truly... I cannot care about this. Let me just keep looking at Kurt. <laughs> and and that's how I coped. Yeah, and, well, that's what my brain latches onto every time. The time? The time yeah, like, the, like it, does this timeline make sense? My, Michael's our timekeeper. <laughs> So, also, like, the random guy outside the apartment buildings who yelled, like, what are you waiting for? Help him. Yeah. Like, oh, surely right. he's going to notice that Dr. Childs was having an argument with Bernie outside his apartment and suddenly burst into flames. Like, the the cat's out of the bag, right? Well, that, that's right? the thing is a lot of people know who Kurt is, so they know who the X-Men are. So, like, the fact that mutants are a thing in the world is well established at this point in the mm-hmm. comics. So, like, yeah, like, not- I don't see why someone wouldn't be like, hey, this dude was, like, having an argument out this window, and then this dude just burst in the flames. It's real weird. Right, like, this is not cool. Like, <sighs> he just spent a bunch of money, apparently, to pay off a security guard, and then, and like, then just lets random civilians see him set a dude on fire. Right. Dr. Childs. Yeah, I don't... I need to know where you got your PhD. Right, right, like... Because it's not in common sense. No, Childs' decisions are fucking crazy. (laughs) It's... I don't know. It's pretty wild. His reactions to things are not logical. And And I know it's because the writer is trying to write a mystery and, you know, give us hints but keep us guessing and not be too obvious. But, like... Because uh, halfway through this issue, there were, or you know, this arc, I was kind of like, "Is Childs the bad guy?" Yeah, he's definitely the bad guy. But there was a moment where it was in question. Yeah. Mostly when he was fighting that uh, woman in the circle. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So Kurt decides to uh, go talk to his ex girlfriend slash stepsister, uh, Amanda Stefan, uh, Stefton. Can uh, magic. Can- Kane, I got it. How did you feel about the stepsister romance thing? Did you did you have opinions? Was it as squeaky? so? I honestly don't mind the whole step sibling things when it's so painfully obvious. There's no like blood relation. Relate, yeah. Like it's almost like even a childhood though friend. they were raised mm-hmm. like. He was raised by her mom, and the mom might think of him as a son. I I don't know if they are, like, 
sibling, 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 sibling. This is my sister. This is my brother. And that's type. the thing is like if it they didn't bond. directly yeah. call it out all the time, I it, right. I would be much more chill with it. They brought it up a lot in these issues, and like because I, I I was kind of the same way because I've read romances where it's like, oh, we, we were raised in the same household as children, but like. You know, we always knew we weren't related, so... Forced proximity. Yeah, forced proximity. uh, Like, childhood friend romance. Mm -hmm. Like, that. that's definitely, like, kind of a trope. Yeah. Not necessarily all of those together, but... (laughs) Right. Yeah, like, repeatedly calling her sister, and then... See, that that was what did it for me, was when he would call her sister, or, like, they would both call uh, Morgana. Is that her name? Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head. Uh, When they would both call their mom mother yeah that was when i was like maybe, maybe don't though <laughs> like stop having this weird tension please so right, I, go ahead i didn't feel like it was super active tension no it would like for me it very much was like yes we used to have a thing for sure like she amanda almost seemed like over it like yeah and she was like teasing i don't know if kurt still almost. maybe yeah so and would- I wonder almost if they didn't keep bringing up the sibling thing just because of the bond that also and like bringing up the brother mm. yes. to go with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's true like- because that wasn't his blood brother either. So it's one of those things where like him calling him his brother that he killed his brother, et cetera, et cetera. Like it's more impactful when you like make that family connection stronger. So mm-hmm. yeah. But we get introduced to uh, Brad and Roger, the two guard snakes. The okay. best! <laughs> I love them. Brad and Roger are pretty great. They're so good. They're giant stone snakes that guard uh, Magic's castle. Yes. In limbo. So we we finally meet Amanda and uh, very flirty with Kurt the entire time. Very magical. Kurt kind of gives her the lowdown as to what's happening and what what he should do about it and he mentions something about a rope and amanda's like a knotted rope and she starts to think that this child can also use magic based off of the symbolism and like items that were present at the time of everything and she's like all right you need to take a look at that rope and it very much like oh this is probably the occult should probably figure this out uh, we need to do some reading. Let's uh, let's get this uh, taken care of. Mm-hmm. And at this point, the survivor child, what's his name? Like Jimmy? It's Seth. All... Say it again. Uh, it's Seth. Oh, Seth. Seth. Yep. That's right. Uh, at this point, Seth can't talk. Like he, they describe it as he wants to talk, but he might have done something magically that is keeping him from speaking. Yeah. So uh, that's why they're going to investigate a little further with that knotted rope thing, because she thinks that he might have sealed his words with magic. Yeah. So Kurt returns to see Seth using his image inducer this time and takes the rope from Seth and kind of undoes one of the knots, and Seth can start talking again. And uh, Kurt's like, oh, shit, that worked. But they kind of talk about the magic a little bit and how Seth doesn't really know that he's doing magic. He just kind of has an intuition for it. And uh, he kind of got scared and he just tied the knot. And we find Mm -hmm. out later that's kind of what saves his life, actually. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But 
Is it that conversation or after where he we get to see all his little clay puppets? That is uh that's puppets. like issue four, I oh, believe. Okay. So that's cool. that's a little ways off still. Gotcha. But uh child's come in very angry that Kurt is talking to him. And they uh, announced that Seth's aunt, uh, who Seth has never met and ha- they've had no word of his aunt prior, is going to be taking custody of him and taking him out of this uh, facility. So Kurt kind of <laughs> argues with it for a second. The aunt, you know, they kind of force it. And then as Kurt leaves, we get a image of like a, a demon standing behind Seth with his hands on his shoulder. Oh, that was so good. I loved that series of panels. Yeah. And it's one of those things where it's just like, I don't think that's what Kurt is seeing. Uh-uh. So it, it's just kind of one of those strange little... I think his intuition yeah. is, uh, you know, picking up on those pieces. Yeah. So Kurt's kind of irked out about it, and he, he turns into his blue self, blue self, mm-hmm. and uh, Night Nurse comes to talk to him, and they kind of come to an agreement that... She will kind of watch over Seth and make sure, as well as she can, that nothing bad happens. She uh, she also lets him know here that she wanted to go check on the bodies of all the other kids, and all of their bodies have been turned to ash. So, bum bum bum. Yeah, is big big drama. It's a mystery. <laughs> so we get a uh, uh, Kurt back with the X Men, kind of not sure what to do. He's a, a little bit lost, so he's fighting with Kitty. They're they're fencing at the moment. We get uh, Beast, Emma Frost, Wolverine, Kitty, um, Aurora's not in this particular scene, but also part of the X Men. And uh, it's it's I mean it's fun to see everyone banter back and forth. Kurt eventually gets bested by Kitty uh, as he should, <laughs> but uh, Aurora pulls him aside to talk. And we, we, we get a little bit of the female gaze here yeah. uh, as Kurt's in the shower and uh, Storm is just kind of sitting outside of the shower with he's his got, towel. He's got his tail out. Yeah, he's got his tail out to yep. take the, the towel. Yeah. I do have in my notes, shower scene, dot, 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 noise. <laughs> so, uh, that was something worth being noted. Right. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I do like the series of panels that this takes place on because Kurt, like, it grabs a towel, is drying off, and then, like, just a panel later, he's just clothed, uh-huh. and Aurora's just kind of standing the entire time, so like it kind she, of implies she... that she watched him get dressed. <laughs> I love the the power that emanates from Aurora in right? these panels. And I, I do love this little thing. She's like, can I do anything to help? I am, or I mean, dot, 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 I am a goddess. Like Right. <laughs> So they continue to talk. We get a, a danger room scene, but Kurt decides to go talk to uh, Seth one more time to try to uh, suss out more information, figure out exactly what's going on. And when he arrives, uh, this is where Seth has made all of the clay ah, creatures. Gotcha. Um, we also learn during that shower scene that all of the like orphans that had died who had lived at that building were sponsored by the rich people who happened to live in the same building as Dr. Childs. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, yeah, tying it all together. <laughs> A very <laughs> obvious evil the plan. It's always like, rich 
elite New Yorkers. This is the shit QAnon's not... on about. Like, oh my god, this is literally <laughs> QAnon. It's literally QAnon, but like, but like the hero seventeen is... years earlier. <laughs> yeah, but the hero is a blue man. Right, they wouldn't like that. No. Um, but Seth has made the uh, the clay creatures as kind of locks for. The, well, he calls them jars. Yeah, jars. Him? That's right. That's the correct yeah. term. Yeah, jars for the uh, the the demons that escaped out through his friends in the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, Seth is kind of strange because he doesn't show a lot of emotion through the entire thing, but Mm-mm. the words and actions he takes definitely shows like a certain level of compassion and stuff like that. It's yeah. just you just don't see the actual on like, his face. Yeah, you don't see it on his face, and, and that's, that, I don't know that's if that's fair. an art style or if it's a. I think it's supposed to create a weird sense of uh, mystique and um, unease about him because like, we don't know the answers, you know, we're not, we don't know if this kid at this point, like still has a demon in him or if he's demon possessed or like if he's like the secret bad guy. Yeah. Um, So I I think they're trying to, you know, ride the line. Yeah. And, And it is thrown into doubt in this, actually the same issue a little bit here uh, because Seth is like, you know, they killed my friends and now they want to kill me. Um, and around that time, Night Nurse runs in and tells Kurt that Child and Seth's aunt, um, quotations, yeah. uh, are fighting outside. Mm-hmm. So Kurt teleports outside to see what the hell's going on. Night Nurse stays with Seth and Kurt finds Dr. Charles Childs mm-hmm. and the aunt fighting. Kurt realizes that they're kind of like magically sealed into a circle. Mm-hmm. Can't quite figure out what's exactly going on. So he teleports inside. Uh, Childs. Uh, I think Childs yells to him like, you can't do anything outside the circle. Yeah. So so he's like calling for Nightcrawler's aid in that moment. This yeah. is where I was like, well, maybe. Yeah. So Nightcrawler like pulls the ant off. She breaks free and goes back after Childs. And then Childs lets him know that... Uh, the teleporter into the the cathedral that's just over the the park, mm-hmm. convenient, mm-hmm. and so Nightcrawler grabs her, teleports her in there, and a bunch of like spirit wisps kind of like exit her body, but it, it doesn't look, it doesn't seem like Kurt sees those. I think that is. Oh, I thought he did. No, because he specifically talked about like what do you think they were, kind of like what. Well, like, it's because she's explaining it, and oh. he doesn't seem to know oh, like what happened because she he just sees her change. Gotcha. But okay. I, that's the impression I got. I could be wrong here. But. I don't know. I assume usually I assume anything I can see they can see, but you know, art. Yeah, yeah. She uh, doesn't uh, apparently. She's not able to be possessed in the uh, a church of church of God. I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of uh, Christianity. It's like stuff it's his thing. Baked in. This yeah, and it makes sense because it is Kurt. Thing. So he's yeah. all about faith. Yeah. Gotta have faith. They go to see the aunt uh, now that she is no longer possessed, and I believe it is Amanda that's with him. Yes, mm-hmm. it's Amanda that's with him, and they're kind of talking, and she's very confused. She was um, unhoused on the street and stuff like that, and child mm-hmm. childs uh, fed her. And, you know, gave her a place and the next thing she knows, you know, her body's being taken over by these these spirits. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think she mentions that it kind of felt like they're all like crawling under her skin. Yeah, it was. uh, Yeah, Yeah, because she had all 13 in her. Yes, Mm -hmm. she had all of them, which was wild. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Comfy. But we also get uh, a little bit of, I guess, like 
more Christian background stuff. I don't know how accurate this is, but it talks about the the fourteen uh, angels that fell with Lucifer and everything like that, and that it's these fourteen that are trying to be summoned by Childs right now, and he's made it like that. that um, I know there are named demons yes. and uh, you know, like lieutenants in hell. Uh, you know, based on Judeo-Christian, you know, all that junk. But I don't know about the, like, specific number or how that structure is in theology. Yeah. But the, the demon names they use are, are named demons. Yeah. So, yeah, the, they keep talking about 14. Kurt doesn't catch on that. He's like, no, it's 13. And they're like, no, there's, you know, one more. Mm-hmm. That was, you know, supposed to be let through and wasn't. So Childs shows up at the hospital and is uh, taking Seth away. And Kurt's just like, all right, we need to go figure out what's going on with Seth. Because he thinks one of these demons might be inside of Seth. Childs also uh, very inconspicuously has just a giant knife behind his back while he's talking to Seth. Oh my god, it's like, <laughs> it's like okay, here's the bad guy. Right. So this is where we get the the hard confirmation that Childs is the bad guy here. We we had a good idea up to this point. But uh, Kurt goes back to the hospital. He's like, all right, I need to talk to Seth. And Night Nurse is like, oh, no, Childs literally just took him. Mm-hmm. Um, said he's taking him home. And the Childs straight up tells Seth that he's going to kill him. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just in the car. He's like, no, yeah, no, this is, uh, this is what's about to happen. I'm about to kill you. Um, it, it's gonna hurt. We're gonna we're gonna sacrifice you. Yep, get wrecked, child. Get wrecked. Yeah. <laughs> so they take him up to the uh, to the like top floor, and this is where we get a spread of the thirteen demons that have already been let through, and they seem to be trapped in, uh, inside some kind of circle. It's They're a, in a magic circle. Yeah, it's a cool it's a cool spread. Yeah. Um, I'll post that along with the the other pictures. It reminds me of if you were to put a lot of peeps in one of those clear tennis tubes. Oh, <laughs> just a little bit. Right. Just like, you so many this, things. Uh, this also so many things happening. This also feels circle. very much like a heavy metal album. Oh, definitely. Like I, I you know, oh, I yeah. was getting a lot of like heavy metal vibes throughout the whole thing. Yes, for just, sure. Like color, the artwork. I don't know. It it was very fun. Yeah. So there's a there's a party going on. Uh, and they cheers to Seth, uh, just before they're like, oh yeah, we're going to sacrifice Seth. Yeah, Seth. Yay, like- <laughs> go Seth. Well, I think it was tongue in cheek cause they were like, we're finally going to kill this fucking kid who's hold- held up our- all our plans. Which I don't know like, why they were Cheers to Seth. Yeah. I don't know why it wasn't more like immediate that they decided to kill Seth. Like they, they had yeah. kind of a convoluted plan to get him out, but it's, it's whatever. Yeah. I don't know. It, it was weird. Doc, well, go ahead. I think... It wasn't until Kurt, like, discovered the whole knot stuff that Child was able to learn about the knot stuff that was keeping the demon oh. in. Oh. So it's like, that's why it was being held up, because he didn't know why this didn't work. That that makes, makes a lot a, more sense. So much more sense. Thank you for <laughs> Kane for coming in clutch, cl- this, connecting this those is, dots. This is why. This is why we need to Kane on. <laughs> But uh, Dr. Charles, Child uh, realizes that uh, one of his uh, people is not who they say they are and uses a little bit of magic and uh, gets rid of Kurt's disguise. 
So uh, Kurt just goes ahead and just punches him in the face. I love that. Yeah, it was pretty good. It was a very good, just like, ah, we're done talking, punch now. Kurt's like, you know what? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let you hurt him. And he's like, oh, I don't need to hurt him. I just need to cut this rope uh, to to release the the demon inside. And once he cuts the rope, oh. uh, Seth starts like writhing around on the ground in pain, and you start seeing like uh, like. Hand prints yeah. like stretching v- very through the clothes and stuff alien, like that. Uh, very aliens. Oh, yeah. Is it aliens or alien? A- yeah. No, the one with the cyborg is aliens. I think they all the have a cyborg. One. But with the chest Name thing, like a chest buster. Yeah. yeah, chest buster. Love it. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. But yeah, so Seth, Seth is uh, writhing around, and uh, Kitty comes busting out and is trying to help him out. So they had an interesting plan that I, I did liked not know. Yes, this was cool. This is a cool use of powers here. So what Kitty does is she grabs onto Seth and essentially phases Seth. So the demon that is trying to go through him does not damage Seth on its way out. Yeah, it doesn't damage his physical body, which is helpful. Yeah, it was it was actually yeah. a, a cool use of Kitty's powers. Not one I, I expected either. Yeah. Uh, so the demon exits. And we we get a, a a big spread of Kurt in front of this giant demon, and uh, everyone else is uh, freaking out because they realize that this giant demon is not inside of their little control circle. So they they all freak out and start panicking, running away. And uh, the X Men are downstairs waiting for the rest of them. We got Beast, Cyclops, Storm, Emma Frost, and Wolverine at this point. So they're uh, they're gonna take everyone into custody and turn them in mm-hmm. for uh, killing all those children. Yeah. But the other demons are just like, you know what? Uh, let's. Uh, we we need some blood. Uh, we need you to <laughs> kill some people for us, please. Get and us out of this circle. Child's is like, oh, I, I, you know, I, I did my end of the bargain, and he's like, no, you had to spill blood to release me, and Seth didn't ever bleed, so the contract is null and void. And then he like rips him in half. <laughs> yeah. So then, yeah, he he rips Child's in half after uh, punching Kurt away because Kurt uh, uh, tries to help mm-hmm. Child's. Because Kurt's a good boy. Yeah. So we, we get a, a picture of, um, like, a shadow of Dr. Charles Childs being ripped in half. And uh, Kurt's like, oh, no. Like, <laughs> and Kitty is hiding Seth's face so he can't see the brutality in yeah. front of him. Uh, but uh, Amanda is there with Night Nurse. And Night Nurse is carrying all of the clay figurines, also known as jars, that Seth had. And Amanda casts magic on all of these uh, demons and on the clay jars. And Seth's magic mixed with Amanda's is enough to overpower all of them and seal them all. And uh, yeah, that's how it ends, essentially. So uh, Amanda takes all of them back to Limbo. And it kind of cuts to Nightcrawler telling Aurora the story of what happened. Kind of 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 how he figured it out and got everyone together before i went over there yeah like uh, like, so they do a little bit of that kind of detective show reveal you know where it's like well i knew the killer and i set up a bomb (laughs) and you know that kind of stuff there's this great panel that shows magic with all of the clay poppets on her mantelpiece yeah or on yeah on her yes mantle for above the fireplace we need to read more amanda I, i love her she's great She's a boss. Uh, but yeah. So I'm wondering whether or not that 14th demon, like, just 
did not want to do anything. I wonder if he just got. I th- well, I think because he is my oh, go ahead. insane theory is this child who knew nothing suddenly has this way of keeping himself locked from like releasing the demon, and then it's like, oh. No, they're figuring out how to break this. So suddenly he has a way of, like, capturing the demons so they don't have to go out and kill and stuff. And then he breaks out. And he should know the deal that was made, but all the other demons have to explain to him, no, 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 it doesn't count because you didn't spill any blood, (laughs) so we don't have to listen to this guy, so just do whatever. And it's like... I don't think he really wanted to do anything. I think he was like, oh, this is my way out. This is my... <laughs> I can Fuck. go back I'm stuck to doing bed. this. <laughs> right? I think he's just a lazy demon. That's my theory. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's that like, makes a lot of he's sense. He's the one that taught Seth how to do all this. Because otherwise, I don't know how this small child just instinctively knew how to do all this. Yeah, I don't know. He's... I mean, they kind of hand wave it with like, oh, some... People have natural talent, and it's like okay. Amanda was like, "Yeah, these these clay jars are like pretty good stuff. Like, she had to help put them in the jars, but this kid still made the locks himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like that's some advanced shit for a nine year old. <laughs> yeah, exactly." Uh, he's just so magically talented by himself. Like, if, if he's that talented, I would think like Amanda would be like, "Oh, I'm gonna take you under my wing, and we're right. gonna we're gonna cultivate this a little bit." It's like, "Oh no, Seth's just gone. Like, it's chill." Well, I think he. I think we see him join the uh, school X Men. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, Emma's teaching him, mm-hmm. which is weird because he doesn't have any mutant powers. Yeah. He just vaguely knew how to do a couple of magic things. He's a gifted youngster, and if nobody. If nobody else in the school knows how to do magic, what are they going to teach him? I mean, that's... I assume it's just like, Although... because he saw some fucked up shit. <laughs> yeah. Am I allowed to swear on your podcast? Yes. yes. As I'm this for in? Yeah. Okay, good. No, we've, because we've had the explicit saw... tag from day one. <laughs> day one, baby. Okay. Like, I feel like I should have known this, but I've just been like, saying a lot. So. <laughs> You're fine. You're fine. Um... Well, I mean, when you think about it, like, how would they be able to teach, like, like if you're coming at it from that way, they shouldn't be able to teach any of those kids because they all have very unique powers. Yeah. So they got to be able to, to, like, compensate and, you know, be flexible with that learning structure on the fly. So I, I, especially with the occult, there's a lot of resources you can look at to develop his talent like for me that wasn't a problem and they, they know some people like kitty's there kitty was actually the <laughs> ruler of limbo at one point too so <laughs> yeah. like they, they have some occult stuff they know dr strange they, they yeah. know amanda like they, they have some stuff they can work with but i agree he's not a mutant so it does feel a little weird but he again he's a gifted youngster <laughs> like, like he's a gifted young yeah. man yeah you're not wrong you're <laughs> not wrong so we get the the next uh arc here uh it's it's the ghost arc uh (laughs) this we could breeze through yeah we'll we'll breeze through this one pretty quick yeah uh the big thing here kind of is uh kurt and amanda are kind of dating kind of not dating we do get a kind of a funny scene no no no. he has firmly drawn the line at friends eventually no he does it right away he draws the line it's at least four pages in that he draws that line girl that's quick (laughs) 
he he draws the also, line. Also, just verifying when you say Amanda, it's oh, not Amanda, Christine. right? It's oh. Christine Price. Yes, you're right. <laughs> the it night is nurse. Christine. You are correct. It's night nurse. I'm just gonna say night, night nurse because it's a lot easier for <laughs> yeah. me to remember. I, I, I don't know why. Yeah. yeah. The not blonde one. When she stops wearing her outfit of being a nurse, yes. that's when I stop referring to her as Hello Nurse and acknowledge that she has a name. <laughs> and Christine Price is a wonderful human who puts up with a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. she, she's a good person. Because, yeah, like it was... He said we should just be friends, and she's like, "We're not, we're not doing just friends stuff, though. Are you, are you sure?" And he's like, "Uh, ooh, yeah." <laughs> he's like, "Fair, fair." She eventually, yeah, like, well, it didn't seem like, like they hooked up or anything. No, he he just had to shower at her place, and then when that door, you know, f- when that opportunity arose we're for not even there, romantic guys. relation. D- Here's the thing. I don't care about these ghosts. <laughs> they would haunt I wanted fuck to point, out of me. I wanted to I point don't... out the fact that Aurora and Wolverine were there, and they were bored because it was a double date, and they're not dating. Like... Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> I love that. Yes, please. But, yeah. Uh, train man dead. Uh, Kurt almost gets decapitated by train. Wolverine saves him. They uh, they save they save the train because uh, train man died because of scary ghost. He died of fright. Uh, Kurt, Kurt sees ghost. And Ghost lunges at Kurt. Doesn't hurt Kurt for this time for some reason. No. He dodges. He dodges, but yeah. covers him in, like, ectoplasm. Yeah, it's gross. They kind of talk for a second, and Aurora's just like, hey, uh, just go back to Night Nurse's place and uh, shower up. Yeah, you're covered in slime. Please go do that. Yeah. So they... Uh, and we- then he leaves the shower for a second time. Yes. And... The writers knew what we wanted. <laughs> but this is where we get that conversation about That's like, wet fur. Yeah, wet fur. This is where we get that conversation of, you know, we're just friends. And like, we're are we just friends kind of thing. And we, She's we get, like being all flirty. And he's like, actually, no, I will not be doing it today, ma'am. Yeah, he, he does pretty firmly shut her down here. Uh, but they He get, looks great, though. He does. He does. And they get a uh, call from the mayor. And they send Kurt over to see the mayor. And the the mayor's just like, we've had a lot of these incidents. We need to uh, get this shut down, figure this out ASAP. And Kurt kind of puts it together because it's the the tricentennial. Yeah, it's some kind of anniversary. So like 150 years yeah. from the opening or 100 years from the opening of the the subway. And so Kurt goes on the, the on a hunt for information. He meets the widow of the train driver, and he'd been seeing a bunch of stuff. And Kurt goes looking around and finds a bunch of ghosts. He finds literally all the ghosts. And there's like 17 ghosts. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of numbered things in yeah, this. Yeah, which was kind of silly. Like, oh, and they made a joke about it, too. They, yeah. they were like, what, 14 demons, 18 my or 17 ghosts? What's next? Nine zombies? Yeah. But uh, they they do a bunch of research on what's kind of going on here. Kurt is uh, battles off all the ghosts. Uh, he's having a bad time with the whole thing, but he he's eventually able to win them over. Almost he he basically like treats them like people. He yes. asks them a question, and then they're like, "Oh yes, we want help. We are ghosts who need help. Help." <laughs> so they lead him down the train to find something that was embedded in the in the wall in yeah. the dirt it was and some I would, bone shards yeah and i was like this is the i don't know if, if it were me i would not have picked that up 
Like, yeah. <laughs> they, they, those ghosts would be killing people left and right still. Yeah, and uh, so Kurt gets two bone shards uh, and takes them to, to Beast. Beast lets them know that they are, in fact, human and that they are old. <laughs> essentially yeah we also find out here that beast is really into like csi and stuff like that oh he's great so he's, he's having a great time the best beast is the most normal of all the x-men yes so kurt uh takes one of the bone shards to go see amanda mm-hmm. here uh we see uh we see the snakes again and it, brad and roger it's pretty great actually uh mm-hmm. we get another one uh amanda's decided to change into blue instead of white now i guess and she she does a little like almost seance type thing to get information on these ghosts exactly like kind of what happened. Kurt goes to the library, looks a bunch of stuff up, finds out about an accident that killed all these these people. He Kurt goes and talks to the mayor and is like, "Hey, we need to acknowledge that this happened and that this was part of the history because it was all covered up afterwards." And the mayor's like, "Yeah, let's do it." Right? For <laughs> I I liked that the mayor was like, "Yeah, okay." Yeah, no, this, this like makes he didn't sense. he didn't fight it for no reason, you know. But I I do like there was a scene where the ghosts were just kind of like hanging out in the party. Oh yeah, they and just show up. They just kind of show up and like no one seems to be reacting like no. at all. It was pretty funny actually. I think Kurt can see them, but I don't know if. Yeah, I don't. I'm not 100 percent sure. Seem like other people can see them. Yeah, I, I'm not sure, but the the mayor goes through and essentially acknowledges their sacrifice and everything they did to get the subway like up and running. And the ghosts just kind of disappear. Yeah. They're put to rest. And then they they make this quip about, like, they say something about how if they don't follow through with the reparations and finding the victims' families, the ghosts are probably going to come back and uh, wreck more ha- like, wreak more havoc. Yeah. Yeah, they'll be even more pissed. So, may a bear keep his word. Yep. Mm-hmm. So Kurt and uh, Night Nurse are having coffee together, and they they resubmit that they're like just friends. But Kurt, yes, friends. But Kurt is definitely like the way he's speaking is definitely like, oh, I, I'm conflicted. I don't know what I want, kind of thing. So there's that. Mm-hmm. But that that's the ghost arc. Yeah, that was a pretty quick one. It's, it, just a little disjointed from the rest. Yeah. And now we will all be haunted by the ghosts because we are not giving them exactly. nearly the acknowledgement <laughs> they deserve. Don't give a shit. <laughs> Look, yeah, old train track people, I don't know. Oh, sure. Like, yeah. hit, hit me with your ghost hammer, I guess. I don't, I don't care. Ghost hammer me, daddy. No. <laughs> uh, so this is the, the start of the next arc here. Um, it's the winding way it's another four-parter here so this is kind of kurt's backstory ish Mm -hmm. so we we start off with kurt uh kind of hallucinating having a bad time he definitely looks homeless he definitely looks yeah like definitely unhomed i I was um oh that's right uh sorry (laughs) he looks unhomed he's like seeing visions and in my head i was like how much time has passed because this is kind of out of nowhere. Like, it, it cold opens with him stumbling and seeing and hearing things. Definitely. And he, like, he eventually stumbles into a church and goes into a confessional and 
he's kind of like li- reliving the um, trauma of not being able to save the the thirteen children and stuff like that, and he he's definitely hallucinating and all this stuff. And he goes outside and meets some people that know who he is. And th- this is where I'm just like, we've established that Nightcrawler's a person and that people know who Nightcrawler is. Mm-hmm. And we then start getting uh, like kind of flashes of like Kurt being caged. And then we also get like these guys chasing after Kurt. And Kurt remembers like when he was run out of town by all of the uh, the villagers that wanted to kill him before he was saved by that priest that we talked about like three or four months ago when we started mm-hmm. nightcrawler but nightcrawler gets uh knocked unconscious and he's having a bunch of kind of weird visions of charles xavier and mystique and you know just kind of you know you need to save yourself kind of stuff and he eventually bamps away um and we we get him going through more backstory so we see him out in the woods with a dark horse and he sees himself standing over uh, the the Excalibur sword with the the entire Excalibur team. It was kind of a sweet little it was a nice little, little picture. Lad. Yeah, Nightcrawler. We got Captain Britain. We got Phoenix. We got Magan and Lockheed and Kitty mm-hmm. and uh, Kurt pulling the sword and Night Nurse and Aurora and Amanda all being on the boat together. They were all. Did you see that? They were all on a ship. Yeah. So. Kurt's now in his swashbuckling gear, and I just I just like that they put all his uh, relationships on a ship, and right. I was like, wow. And and they're they're all kind of talking to him and talking him through this, and the three ladies turn into like these Medusa like looking creatures. I thought they were supposed to be like sirens, almost. It's... I think they're supposed to represent the fate oh, yeah. because yeah. Yeah. they have the scissors that makes in the screen. Yeah, you you super right. Uh, but we do get a picture of Kurt with, like, dick abs here. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, it's kind of weird. Like, they don't have to do that. You know? I don't know. It's yeah. just, it's a lot. It is a lot. But uh, a Sentinel shows up, busts his ship up, and he's kind of swimming. And we actually cut to present day now. Kurt's freaking out, like, trying to figure out what's going on. But he's actually been, like, poisoned, and he's just, you know, hallucinating. Uh, Iceman is cooling down. Kurt's body body so he doesn't like overheat and die and uh, Night Nurse and Beast are you know working on getting him healed up and Emma and Emma eventually goes into his mind right as he gets to this locked chest and this locked chest actually comes up and is very important later on he doesn't know what's in it but Emma essentially drags him out of his own like subconscious subconscious back to reality without him being able to actually see what's in the chest Mm-hmm. It's his trauma. It's his trauma, <laughs> and the uh, and the sword. I yeah, the soul sword. Yeah. So. Yeah. But they are. We. That's the end of the issue. We get another issue here. We have a uh, a creature. Uh, why am I blanking on his name? Vermin. There we go. Yeah, Vermin. Vermin is the one that had poisoned Kurt and was the one making him hallucinate. And they're trying to figure out why... Why he attacked him. Why he attacked Kurt. And Vermin doesn't seem to really know. No. Nah. Uh, so beasts attack him, playing like bad cop. Aurora is supposed to be good cop. And they're kind of going back and forth. And Emma Frost like, I already read his mind. He doesn't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> But we get uh, Kurt going on a kind of a soul uh, soul searching trip now. 
Yeah, he goes back to the homeland. He yeah. goes to Germany, which is kind of wild. And you know what? He does start to look younger. Yes. Throughout this uh, issue specifically. Yes, he does. And So he goes to uh, visit the traveler camp and he, he starts having, you know, memories of him being a kid and the, the, the woman picking him up and kind of taking him in and, you know, teaching him the ways and stuff like that. And him and Wolverine kind of sit down and talk it out. Uh, eventually, Kurt decides to wander off into the woods and, you know, is kind of dealing with his past traumas. And he specifically sees his brother mm-hmm. um, the entire time and his brother's talking to him and like, you know, what what you do? All this other stuff. You know, mom is a... A, a, She's a, a magic user. Magical lady. She she tells the for her tells fortunes for the carnival, but she actually dabbles, and we we see all of that. So, Kurt's brother is kind of skeptical and not a big fan of magic, and also feels like something bad is creeping up inside of him. Like his mother's magic is going to somehow corrupt him in some way, and he he asks Kurt that. If, if it comes to it to kill him before he hurts other people. And Kurt promises. And then we we get some weirdness uh, with <laughs> his sister. Uh, we, with uh, Amanda. His adopted sister. Yeah, so they, we get a scene with them talking and stuff like that. But Amanda is going to do a performance. She's an acrobat. And... One of the ropes breaks and she's plummeting down to the ground, you know, conceivably to her death. Kurt, having shown her his brother earlier in this issue that he can teleport, leaps into action and catches Amanda and teleports her down to the center of the ring. Uh, The crowd is horrified by all of this. And Kurt and Amanda share a kiss in the center of the ring. Mm -hmm. And it's weird. (laughs) Specifically in this context, uh, we get another, like, kind of time jump here, but, every, like, everyone in the crowd now seems to be dead, the the tense and disrepair, and... It, Kurt... it seems like a dream. Yes. Or, yeah, it's it's clearly, a, like, a dream or a vision or something at that point. Yeah, it's, like, it's his kind of heavily are... implied that Kurt never went to bed, though, so I don't know if he's just, like, envisioning this or what exactly. Yeah, I, I think his uh, memories are mixing with his delusions and him trying to process like this weird feeling that he's been getting yeah and so night nurse comes out and kind of like comforts him and uh wolverine uh sniffs and has found the camp so i love that yeah it's pretty good so they they head through the woods and they come across the the carnival but it's on fire yeah it's not great no it's not great so we get a uh, of kind of a scene. Oh, that's the next issue. Yeah, right? this is the next yeah. issue. Next so... issue opens with uh, the mom Morgana. Yeah, I think is her name. If I'm wrong, her name is Mar Margili. Margili. M A R G A L I. Margali's. Margali. Uh, but Brad and Roger seem to be unconscious slash dead. Um, they're asleep. They're asleep. Yeah. And mom knows something is wrong like they're guards they don't do that so she busts in and the 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 palace and limbo's in disrepair and she comes in to um 
Amanda essentially being tied up, beaten all the shit, and we get what Nightmare standing yeah. over her. She's being brutalized by Nightmare, which yeah. is pretty fucked up. Yeah, it's a it's a the imagery yeah. in that particular yeah. it was uh, page pretty is it was pretty intense. Yeah. yeah, her face is like swollen and puffy and bruised, and there's blood. Oh, her clothes are ripped. Her hands are tied up. He's yeah. holding her by the hair. It's, like, it's bad. Yeah, it's rough. But we cut back to Kurt and his party. They they run to the circus. Everything's in disarray, kind of broken up, destroyed. They they find one of the people from Kurt's childhood. The uh, the fire eater is still alive. Night nurse is doing what she can to bandage up the people that are still alive. And the fire eater gives them information that they were they were looking for Kurt, specifically for Kurt's chest. So we get some more kind of like flashbacks of when Kurt originally ro- arrived at the carnival after uh, his mother like sold him off, which is kind of kind of messed up. Yeah, like, kind of kind of messed up. But we essentially like they're like, oh yeah, we know what you are, we know what you can do, and then the ring leader like immediately drugs Kurt and locks him in a cage, uh, so he can no longer use his powers. We get some stuff of like people staring at him, like you know what's wrong with him, you know, like he's this, a freak, he's a freak, all yeah. this other stuff, and uh, a kid who can sense mutants—that's mm-hmm. his mutant powers to sense mutants—comes back at night and releases Kurt. He literally says like. We're the same. We're homies, bro. Yeah. Kurt, uh, this is getting interplaced with Kurt going to uh, go to the carnival. Uh, We get a scene with Kurt pamphing in behind the ringleader and like wrapping his tail around. That's his escape. So yeah, that's his escape. Like like I said, it's being interlaced with him arriving at the carnival in real time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard to explain it. They're cutting (laughs) back and forth. It's right. During Kurt's escape, he goes in with the ringleader we see the chest that he has in his mental prison, but Kurt does wrap his tail around the ringleader's neck and kind of like threatens him that he'll be back in a few days if he doesn't, you know, treat everyone right. So Kurt arrives at uh, the... Isn't it like he wants him to shut the whole thing down? Like you have two weeks to, you know, pay everybody what they need to be paid, but mm-hmm. you have to t- close this whole thing down, otherwise I'll be back and then... He just doesn't come back after the two weeks. So the guy's carnival is still thriving in Florida. Well, yes, well, thriving so, is a strong word. <laughs> so the uh, what Kurt specifically says is, "I'm giving you two weeks to discharge any employees you're keeping against uh, their here. Will. Yeah, keeping against their will, and to stop mistreating the ones that stay." And yeah, sure. And then Kurt just never comes back. You know, follow through is hard. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, I, it would be hard to come back to the place that was torturing you. Like, right. once you've escaped, you kind of, you know, go. Yeah, exactly. We we cut back to Amanda, who it looks like her mother now has subdued Nightmare. And Nightmare is just, like, trying to figure out what exactly is going on. Because uh, he's confused about the soul sword. Uh, Megan, is still looking real rough, is... Just like, you know, I don't keep it here because that would be dumb. Like, if someone <laughs> comes and takes it, now they control Limbo. Yeah. So they uh, they realize that Nightmare is actually not really a threat to them. He's more trying to keep his realm in order as well. And was assuming that uh, Amanda was responsible for all of it. Uh, so her and Margali kind of release him. Mm-hmm. So cut... cut 
to present day Kurt. He's he goes and sees the ringleader, and the ringleader's covered with flies, smells like just doo doo. The the carnival's essentially just run down and awful. Kurt gets pretty aggressive with him, but at that same time, we get uh, a bunch of swamp creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically, Man Thing is the one that we called out when we, we, were, we were like, reading it. Oh, our old friend, why? Why are you evil now? <laughs> yeah. So they they attack the, the carnival. Man Thing's uh, uh, tearing stuff up. There, there's a couple other creatures that are around there's some zombies and stuff like that have been reanimated so kurt is taking care of all of them fighting stuff off and eventually um night nurse and wolverine show up to help save the day Mm -hmm. uh because nightcrawler's just not enough to fight off this many many people as as hard as he tries he he needs the swords he needs the swords to murder people you know exactly so night nurse comes in and starts healing people. Uh, there's, there's a the person that he's fighting. If he touches his bare skin, will wither him away. I don't know why I'm blanking on his name. Uh, Karen. There we go. Yeah. I blanked on his name there for a second. Karen. If you if he touches him, he'll like age you super fast and essentially steal your your life essence. Kurt subdues him while Wolverine goes to town on all of the zombies that have taken up residence now, and. Uh, everyone's essentially asking for the soul sword. Charon just passes out. You know, man thing mm-hmm. passes out. All of them just kind of just fall asleep. <laughs> yeah, they do. They just drop. It's, it's pretty funny, actually. I liked it. So uh, Amanda now looking much better and in her uh, her outfit that's essentially just a bra. Uh, and that's it. Uh, <laughs> Love that. Love that for her. Uh, Margali and Nightmare all show up to kind of explain to Kurt what's going on. And uh, they all find out that uh, Kurt actually had the sword in his chest all along because uh, Amanda put it there to for safekeeping because he is, you know, kind of... He's a good boy. He's a good boy. And he's his un- soul won't, corruptible. His, yeah, his soul won't corrupt uh, or be corrupted by the sword. Yeah. Because the sword, like, draws evil to it because it's so powerful, that kind of thing. So everyone's trying to take advantage of it. Um, but he's a good boy. So. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. Uh, yeah, and they, they kind of talk about it, but eventually Mergali pulls the sword out, and the uh, old ringleader starts coughing, and they realize that uh, it's actually like a, a demon. Yeah, so all the flies, like, even more flies come out of the old ringmaster's mouth, and it's gross, and it's like, uh, I think Kurt realizes, like, that's a demon in there somewhere, and yeah. he manages to pluck out the demon that is the size and shape of a fly it just has like three little heads yeah uh but the, the, the he tells oh, everyone but the, to, before sorry before yeah. he does that he tells everyone to cover their ears uh everyone does except for wolverine i guess yeah. Wolverine gets taken over which is a bad thing because that's someone you can't really kill or stop and wolverine stabs night nurse in the back yep it's bad. Yeah, it's bad. So the the, the majority of this comic is uh, Nightcrawler and Wolverine uh, fighting back and forth. Uh, and, you know, Nightcrawler ch- kind of distracting Wolverine to keep them away from, like, the, the rest of the people so they can't hurt them. We do get a, a flashback of Kurt getting called by Amanda saying, like, something's wrong with brother. He's He's gone AWOL and he's freaking out. Kurt shows up in time to see 
his brother holding onto a child with flies flying around his head. And Kurt eventually looks over into the pool and there's a bunch of dead children. Yeah, it's bad. It's real bad. A lot of child murder in this. Yeah, they don't shy away from child murder. No, not at all. And it's very clear that something has happened to to Kurt's brother and like he's kind of kind of lost it. Yeah. Uh it's heavily implied here that it's the the de- the fly demon that has taken over Kurt's brother and one of the children uh starts to stir and is still alive. So his brother turns around to go kill him. Kurt trying to save the co- child uh kind of just like punches his brother in the back of the neck breaking his neck and killing him. Well, it says as I wrap my arms yeah, around his like neck and pull him, him back. Yeah. So I think he like really essentially hard. snaps his neck. Yeah, yeah, so he pulls him yeah. backward and, and it's assumed that the force of the pull is what, you know, snaps his neck. Yeah. So Kurt is kind of reliving this whole thing while the, the fly man inside of Wolverine is kind of taunting him about the whole thing. Um, and Kurt teleports Wolverine out and breaks Wolverine's neck. Yeah. Knowing yeah. that Wolverine will, you know, regenerate. So he's not like worried about that. Um, and Kurt comes back with, uh, with everything. Amanda's working on, uh, Night Nurse and healing her. And Nightmare kind of, like, goes and finds Wolverine's soul. Yeah, he does. He, he, like, astral projects to find wherever Wolverine's soul is. And he's like, hey, Wolverine, you think you can get back to your body? Wolverine's like, yeah. So, yeah, Wolverine's like, I'm always ready. It's cool. It's fine. Yeah. Um, So Nightcrawler's like, you know, how how do I beat him? And Margali's like, the the soul sword kills things, uh, supernatural things. Like, yeah, just use the soul sword. (laughs) And he doesn't really want to, but uh, he realizes that it's necessary. So he pulls the soul sword right as Wolverine's regenerating. And uh, the creature's just like, oh, perfect. You got the soul sword out for me. Kurt is able to burn away a lot of the flies and picks out the, the three-headed one and catches him. And uh, Kurt realizes that, like, this creature isn't necessarily bad. He's I don't not, know. He's not the mastermind. Yeah, he's not the mastermind. Yeah. So Kurt kind of, like, lets him go while they talk, and then the bee, the fly starts to, like, shrivel up and, like, burns up. Yeah, in, in this series of issues, every time there's a weird demon attack or, like, somebody's the bad guy, once they get caught they kind of forget what's going on. Yeah. So, you know, we've got mystery. Yeah, a pretty consistent thread throughout as people keep forgetting. Um, and then as as they're talking about, like, the 13 demons from hell and, like, all these other things and how, um, you know, the, the plan to get the soul sword, it wasn't, like, his initially. He's like, oh, this is what it looks like when somebody murders a demon from very far away. And then he, like, explodes into a tiny little spark. Yeah. It's like, oh, you're really just, like, giving me the details of what's happening right, right. now. Right, <laughs> yeah. It was funny. Yeah. So we, uh, we we get, like, a week in the life of Kurt. He goes to church. He gets a checkup from Beast. He spars with Wolverine. He uh, has a kind of a little meeting with emma frost at like a psychology type thing where they're they're riding dinosaurs and his his dreams and stuff like that it's real weird um and then thursday Therapy. is his birthday um kane i gotta ask how did you feel about the spread for his birthday oh like everybody that was look i just want those balloons the little nightcrawler proof mm-hmm. boys mm-hmm. the little mylar 
uh, yes. Nightcrawler balloons. D- did you? Yes, find, I want those. Did you find their faces uh, in the crowd to be horribly done and uncomfortable to look at? <laughs> I mean, it's they're very weird to look at, especially like Storm looks nothing like she usually. Oh no, yeah, it was. It's weird. They look like they're from the eighties. Yeah. yeah suddenly it's like whoever was drawing it forgot what smiles look like so they had to like trace over smiles and it just looks weird and too aggressive almost i don't know it's very weird but i'll be honest i was very much distracted by the balloons that i just (laughs) kind of skipped over all the weird faces those are just like man how do i get those i mean that's true they are great balloons yeah, no, I think we can make something happen. Yeah, we we could we could figure this out. Um, uh, if any listeners know where to get uh, Nightcrawler balloons, please please hook me up with details. Honestly, if I will I could buy get, like a uh, nice them. big like Nightcrawler stuffed animal in that shape. That'd be great too. Oh no! Ugh. Oh no! That has it's, to exist. Look, it's perfect plushie. A night uh, <laughs> a Nightcrawler body pillow though. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, a dream. I mean, there's so many shower scenes. It'd be so easy to just rip one away. <laughs> I'm not Googling not? anything right now. <laughs> no, not at all. I am. <laughs> so everyone at the birthday party, like, freezes. Uh, Nightcrawler, like, can see his breath, so he knows that something's wrong. So he pulls the soul sword out, knowing that, like, chances are it's something magical. And he kind of, like, walks through the, the mansion, trying to figure out exactly what's going on, hearing a voice. And he walks in in front of a fireplace and he sees a uh, shadowy figure in, in front of a fire with a, a big collar. And uh, it's Mephisto. So it really was Mephisto this time. <laughs> Mephisto confirmed in this one, guys. And, we uh, did it. Nightcrawler like raises up the sword to uh, fight him. And Mephisto's like, I'm, I'm just here to talk. Like, be chill, bro. And Nightcrawler's like, all right, fair enough. Um, just don't hurt any of my friends. And Mephisto's like, no, nah, that's cool. And Mephisto kind of, like, expounds everything that happened and how they all tie together. Like, how Childs was tricked into, like, making the deal with the 14 demons to kill all those kids. And, like, how, like, essentially, it's just everything happened, honestly. Uh, there is a cool, like, cutscene with a big shark. Um, oh, I loved that. Did like that. Honestly, none of it really... It's consequential at this point. He just kind of expounds everything and tie- wraps up all the loose ends from all of the stories that were in this miniseries. Yeah. Um, it it did seem like it could be it a really interesting way It does signify to- that the, like, train folk people, absolutely useless. Yes. Because even he's like, oh, yeah, no, they were just opportunists. Yeah, yes. he was like, no, so that was just it's like, the, the uh, curtain between the worlds being thin. We just needed to fill like two more comics worth of stuff to make an even 12 I, don't worry about well, it and i wonder if it was the anniversary of that thing in new york and because these comics take place in new york if they were like eh, we gotta kind of i don't know we gotta like do something for this anniversary yeah maybe maybe it was something that they were directed to write a story about which is why it was only two issues <laughs> and kind of loose you know yeah yeah, I'm not really sure, okay. to be honest. But uh, Mephisto just kind of explains everything that happened. And it's more, li- more or less like, you know, a war is coming. You can choose your sides. And Kurt's like, you know, never. Like, I'm not going to join Mephisto's side for any of this. Yeah. 
he didn't even want Kurt to join a side. He actually asks him to be like, J- just um, don't do anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just don't participate. Like, be a whatever that fancy non-participant word is. Yeah, yes, be that. And he's, he offers him, like, oh, you know, I can give you your your, your biggest wish. And, like, gives, like, a, a smoke outline of his brother, like, bringing him back to life kind of thing. And mm-hmm. Kurt, like, punches him. And he's like, you know, I would never take that deal. Not yeah. while people are in danger. Yeah. Because Kurt's a good boy. And Mephisto's like, war then? And Kurt's just like, war. Yeah, fuck you. So Mephisto zaps him back in. And he's at, at his birthday party still. Everybody's, and- like... Time's unfrozen. He's got to blow out his birthday candles. Yeah, and he he's kind of got whiplash because everyone else was frozen in time and he wasn't. Uh, but we get a, a scene with Kurt outside with Amanda and... Palmer. Not God Christine. Damn. Oh, no, it's not Palmer either. It's Christine Price. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Night Nurse. He's outside with Night Nurse. Who's, who's Christine Palmer? <laughs> I, I don't remember. I, there's so okay, many names. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, Kurt's outside with Night Nurse. Ah, wow. And they're kind of talking and Kurt's... You know, if it feels like he's gonna tell her like how he that he really wants to try to like make something. He does. Worse. He does say that. He's like, hey, uh, actually, what if we did I've been date? Thinking. Yeah, I've yeah. been rethinking, and she's like, I'm leaving. She's like, whoa, 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 I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye. And he's like, oh, okay. Um, could we do a kiss? And they're like, yeah, we'll do a kiss. And yeah, we we end with them kissing. Yeah. And that's the end of the the series. Hooray! We, t- we told you about all of it. Yeah, we did it. They were a very fun read. I I enjoyed it as much as like there were problems. I still I really enjoyed reading it. Uh, Kane, what were if you had to give it a one out of five? What would you rate it? And one to what, five, not a one, one two out of, five. Yeah, you said a one out of five. Oh, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean. Oh, uh, well, I guess for Audrey's I would give it a one because I have to. But for Mike's, I guess I would give it. Uh, probably a three out of five. There was one point off because there's some things I had some issues with, like some of the art was a little like weird for me in places. Mm-hmm. And then I have to take a whole point off for the for the train. <laughs> for, the, <laughs> just, for the construction workers, <laughs> the miners. Yeah, I just, I'm sure if it, I, you know what, I'm going to find out. Let's figure out. When did this come out? January nineteenth. Uh, yeah, it would have been two thousand four. Uh, let's see. That one came out June nineteenth, two thousand. Or I'm sorry, January nineteenth, two thousand five was the first uh, issue of the trains, and then the second issue of the trains was February twenty third, two thousand five. October twenty seventh, twenty twenty was the hundred sixteenth anniversary. So that would have been 116. So it's in October. So it was it was uh, three months late, but it was you know a hundred years. Oh okay. Because this because it came out at the first month of 2005. So yeah, if it was October 2020, then yeah yeah it would have been the hundred year anniversary for. Oh. I mean they missed it by three months, but uh, but you know oh well. That's a long way. To miss to do a filler <laughs> set. I mean, you're not. Wrong. I think they just need to fill. I think they just want to hit an even twelve. Yeah, I think they so just too. want collectors to have yeah. a nice twelve. I wonder. I agree, um, but yeah, that I mean, that's fair. I I, I know that uh, we had already given our ratings on it earlier, 
re re going through it here. Uh, I might drop my rating down a little bit to a four. I think I was at like a four Ooh, or five. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. The, it was it, there was some weird pacing in there. I I I liked the most of the uh, the artwork and stuff like that mm-hmm. throughout. It was. Well, I, I remember we. Uh, See, the thing is, is we are still traumatized from Excalibur. <laughs> oh, oh my God. In comparison to Excalibur, this is so fun. It's an easy read. Like, the the plot issues are minimal. They have a through line through the whole thing. Like, Kurt's in it the whole time, and they go from, like, you know, what he does in each one. So, yeah, Excalibur did not do half of that. I mean, also, it's not just Kurt, because at least this series also had um, Night Nurse Christine Price throughout the entire thing. Yeah. It was basically like she was the sinking piece to make it so that all of these things, even if you don't think they're super relevant, they all exist within the same, somebody's same plot timeline, right. which I think is real nice. Because yeah. like, she goes from, I'm just a nurse, to, oh, this really weird thing happened at my job. But I got to meet this really nice, <laughs> this really funny, cute, blue, blue guy, guy who can do things. Yeah. So we, we kind of talked about it uh, before, uh, without you, Kane, of course. But uh, Night Nurse is actually a running character throughout the Marvel comics for some time. Uh, if you watched any of the Marvel Netflix shows, uh, Rosario Dawson, I believe, is supposed to take the place of Night Nurse. Like, how, she just kind of around all of the superheroes all of the time and just kind of patches people up and i know night nurse at one point joins shield as well so she's the taxi cab driver in deadpool just always kind of around she's just she's superhero just there. stuff <laughs> she's kind of hanging around but I, I like when they do that i like when they have characters in the world who aren't necessarily superheroes yeah me or too. you know powered individuals um i would still rate it a 4.5 it's a lot of Kurt. It's a lot of Kurt. <laughs> it's a lot of Kurt. We're, we're here for I Kurt. Lo- I so. love my boy. Uh, I put up with a lot. <laughs> you sure did. You sure we'll did. put up with a lot for Kurt. If you like what we do here, please uh, rate, review, subscribe, like, comment, whatever your podcast app allows you to do. Um, if you want to find us elsewhere, we do have our Linktree link down below. I am still working on the website. Sorry about that, guys. It's, it's mostly I just have to... <laughs> spend the money to buy the the domain Mm. at this point donate to my venmo (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but you can check us out for the time being at the characterversepod.podbean.com but for this week i'm mike i'm audrey i'm jake sully well this has been kane your number one kurt wagner simp yay (laughs) Yay! i'm number two (laughs) (laughs) thank you for joining us and talk to you next time 